Welcome back, This Too Shall Pass podcast family. So grateful to be back with each of you. I truly appreciate your support and you coming in and listening and just being a community for me and others each week. This week, we have a special guest. I have been saying I was going to bring a special guest and it's been a little chaotic trying to get one in. So this week, uh, it was made a way that we had a special guest and I am super excited about the special guest because I believe they have such a powerful testimony and I just want to share that, wanted them to come on and share that with you because as you all know, the title of this podcast is This Too Shall Pass. And so often it people ask me, what does that mean? And so it's based out of the scripture where it says, and this came to pass. And also it is based out of a scripture in Zephaniah where it talks about the Lord will undo all of the things that afflict us. And so this week I have a special guest and the special guest is really close to me. Uh, he's my grandpa. He's my pastor. He's like amazing. Um, and so, yeah, we have Pastor Sanford Lawrence with Set Free Ministries. And he's gonna give, we're going to have a little conversation today. And I hope that something we say really blesses you. And we just want Jesus to have his way this week. All right. So welcome, Grandpa and Pastor. Welcome. Thank you very much for being here. All righty. So grateful for you being here. So tell us a little bit about your um, your story as becoming a pastor and tell me a little bit about the church where you pastor. I hope y'all ready. First of all, I thank God for choosing me. I thank God that he didn't throw me away. Amen. Because I've done some things in my life before I knew Jesus that he should have cut me off, should have left me in my mess, but he did. He showed me how much he loved me. First of all, I want to say that when God was dealing with me to preach the gospel, I didn't want to do it. I tried to get out of it. I think we all try to get out of it. And I went on the run. But I didn't run far enough, didn't run fast enough, and I found out that my arms were just too short to box with God. And I lived a lifestyle that was very ugly. I turned to drugs, and a man killed my dad when I was about seven years old, and I grew up without a father. And I took to the world because I didn't have a father. I didn't have nobody in my life that would help me and tell me about Jesus Christ. And in doing all of that, I started doing so many things that was wrong and ungodly. I got on drugs real heavy. I was one of the devil's best. But the bottom line is God loved me. And I didn't know he loved me. I didn't know anybody could love me. So you mentioned that you were on drugs and that like you turned to the world because like you didn't have a father figure. So 
give us a little bit more insight onto what that was like for you growing up and what led you to drugs, I guess. Well, growing up, when I say I didn't have a father figure, which I didn't, my older brother went into the military and I was at home. And the thing about it, my mom was still a pretty young woman and she took to me. And it was like she just, I felt in my heart she deserted me. But she really didn't, but I felt that way because I got in my feelings and my emotions. But uh, somebody, a friend of mine, came by one day and he had some marijuana and he lit, rolled the joint. Back then it was a joint. We didn't have blunts like they got today. Same thing. But anyway, he rolled up joint and told me, here, smoke some of this. And I did. And I started getting high and I liked it. It was something different, something I hadn't experienced before. And I got on drugs. And then that drug, after a while of doing it, I kind of got used to it and I wanted more. So a friend of mine came by and had some cocaine. And I turned to using cocaine, started out snorting a little up my nose. And, and later on, I got into smoking crack cocaine and it took a toll on me and I got hooked on it and anything goes. And that's where I was at. Wow. Anyway, the bottom line is I was doing some of everything. I'm talking about drugs, chasing wild women. And the thing about the whole scenario is that I didn't know Jesus. I heard about him. People told me about him, but I didn't know him for myself. And I was in the world and I was of the world because I did whatever came natural to do. That's what I did. But the bottom line is God loved me and I didn't know it. So after years and years and years of doing drugs, there came a time in my life to where I was at a place to where I worked on a job. As a matter of fact, I worked for the Coca-Cola company. I worked there a long time and I got a job as a supervisor. And I was over 18 guys. But the thing about it is by being the supervisor and being on drugs, I needed more money to and the more I got, the higher I tried to get. But the bottom line was, when it when it came down to it, people, I was stealing money to support my drug habit. And so many years of stealing money, they got on to me and they set me up and I lost my job. And when I lost that job with Coca-Cola, still doing drugs, I went down. Some people have to tell you that you got to hit the bottom. Well, I was below the bottom. After 20 years of marriage, my wife walked off and left me. And when she left me, 
I went down. I was smoking crack. I smoked up a $150,000 house, five or six cars, and that job I had was gone. I got fired. But the bottom line is I didn't know that God loved me. Even in my mess, even going through with what I went through, I didn't know that God loved me. And down through the years, a lot happened to me. But the but what happened to me was a good thing, and I didn't know it. And then that night, I got busted in a crack house in Atlanta. And I went to jail. And when I went to jail, I kept trying to get somebody to come and get me out because I wanted to go and get high. And nobody would sign my bond. I called my wife while I was in jail, and I told her, I said, baby, uh, I need you to come and put some money on my books or get me out of jail. I'm in jail. And she told me then, she said, you in the right place. Boy, I got mad. <laughs> But I couldn't get out. I couldn't do anything. And she never came to see about me. Even though I was locked up. And every Sunday, somebody would come by and they would say, church call. I wouldn't go. I kept sitting down. But one Sunday, just out the blue, they came by and said, church call. And I went to church. I heard the preacher. I heard everything he said. But it didn't have no effect on me. Every Sunday, they would come by and say, church call. And I started going. And these preachers was coming in. They were preaching and talking about something. But I didn't know what they were talking about. It didn't, it didn't help me none. So when I got back to my cell, I was sitting at a table outside and this is what I said. Why do people go to church? Why do they go? It's, it's nothing happening to me. I got angry. And I was sitting there and they was, it was, God was still on my heart. But I didn't know what was happening to me because I had nobody to tell me anything. And next thing I know, when I wasn't mad in a week's time, they came back and said, church call. When they came back that Sunday, March, I'm sorry, April the 13th, 1998, they came back to the door and they said, church call. I got my Bible and I got up. <clears throat> There's a lot of Bibles in jail. If you want to get a Bible, the jail is full of Bibles. And, and you got all kind of Bibles in the in the jailhouse. Well, I got me a Bible and I went back to church. And this particular Sunday, there was a man, the preacher. He was sitting down a chair. I walked in and I looked at him. And I said, he was bald-headed. Not only was he bald-headed, the shoes he had on looked like he'd been wearing them a long time. And he had bad feet. I know he did because the shoes, the way they was on his feet. I'm looking at him. 
And all of a sudden, when we got started, he said something. He said, this morning, we're going to talk about a man named Jesus. And I'm looking at him. He told me that this man named Jesus could save me, clean me up, and fill me up with the Holy Ghost. Now, remind you, when I went to jail, before I went to jail, I was in a bad place. I lost everything but my life and my soul. I was sleeping in a car with cats outside the drug dealer's house. I got so hungry in those streets, I'd walk up to Burger King or McDonald's or Wendy's at one restaurant, and I would dig in the trash can, and I'd get a hamburger or some fries or something. Maybe a person that had AIDS or whatever had eaten off of it and put it in the trash can, and I would get it and eat it. Hallelujah. But God kept me. Even when I couldn't keep myself, God kept me. Oh, I feel the power of God right now. And all of a sudden, I would, and I'd go back to that old house and get broke and make a little money, get broke, get back in that car with them old cats. Them cats became my best friend. But when I got busted and I was in jail, That man began to tell me about a man named Jesus, how he could save me and clean me up and fill me up with the Holy Ghost. But I didn't know who they were talking about. So when I got back to myself after church, the Bible said faith come by hearing and by hearing the word of God. And I got back to myself. And I heard a voice in my spirit and it said go back in your cell and pray now remind you i was in DeKalb county jailhouse and in that cell there was 16 rooms and i was yeah it was 32 rooms in that cell two people to each cell the top went on went out and the bottom went out when they came back in and it was our time to be out and I was sitting at a table, and all of a sudden, when that boy spoke to me, he said, go back in your cell and pray. I kept sitting like I didn't hear. God spoke to me again. I know it was him. He said, go back in your cell and pray. When I went back in my cell, I went to the door, and I rung the bell at the door, and the, judge, the man outside the door said yes. He said, I told him, I said, I want to go back and say a 105 and pray. And he said, if you go in, you can't come back out. I said, I don't want to come back out. I'm going to pray. <laughs> <laughs> and when he opened that door and I went in that cell, Lord, have mercy. And then I remembered. I didn't know how to pray. Didn't know what to say. And all of a sudden, I got on my knees. I can't tell you what I said. All I can tell you is something happened to me. Hmm, glory to God. 
Whatever happened to me, the world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away from me. God filled me with the Holy Ghost. I began to speak with tongues, and I was shouting and dancing all in that scene. <laughs> and I couldn't control what was happening to me. It was Jesus. He introduced himself to me. So for those of us that like, we may know somebody who is in that situation or may, we may have family members, we may have partners, we may have spouses that are on drugs. How do we, how, I guess the question is, if we're looking for that, that person to have that encounter with Jesus, what can we pray? How do we, how do we ask God for that encounter? Because we know that without him, it's hard to live a life of freedom, live a life of deliverance from an addiction. So how do we go about being there for that person? I'm glad you asked that question because many people hear these testimonies. They hear people saying things, but nobody will give that person the true answer. But first of all, the first thing you got to do, you got to get to that point in life where you tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. In other words, the question is, what do you do when you don't know what to do? What do you do? Well, do what I did. I told the Lord, hey! Glory to God. This is what I said to him. I said, God, if you are who these people say you are, reveal yourself to me. I let God know, Lord, I need something that's better than cocaine. I need something better than marijuana. I need something better than methamphetamine. I need something, Lord, that's better. I want it. I want it better. And I ask God, this is what the Bible say. And I wish people stopped telling people to confess with their mouth and believe in their heart. They don't know what to confess. They don't know what to believe. You got as a man or woman of God got to tell people the truth. That's what the Bible says. If an earthly father know how to give his children good gifts, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Ghost to them that ask him for it? Bible says you have not because you ask not. You ask God for what you want him to do for you. You ask God for the Holy Ghost. So is that pretty much what for those that once once they receive that, because ultimately we all have a purpose and we have a calling on our lives um, or else we wouldn't be here. And so you were able to, through the help of the Holy Ghost, you were able to have a redemptive story, have a trans transformative story. And for you, it took, like you said, hitting that rock bottom. But for me, I've never done drugs. I don't know that lifestyle. and But I also realized that for, in order for me to know Jesus for myself, I had to have an encounter with God as well. 
And so when we're living a life to like today where it's so easy to fall into that temptation of drugs and alcohol, it's so easy to feel like, well, I need this to medicate the pain or whatever that the situation may be. Speak to those people that like they they found that or they have this feeling where they feel like God has left them. They feel like God has abandoned them. I'm glad you brought that out because a lot of people feel that way. But here's the kicker. God will never leave you. And God will never give up on you. See, the enemy, the enemy is always putting negative thoughts in our mind. The devil only works with your mind. He don't work with your heart. He works with your mind. And what the enemy will always do is what God said he'll do. And that's in, excuse me, in Luke chapter, Luke chapter 30, uh, 31 and 32. He said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has a desire to have you that he want to sift you like wheat. See, the devil know how to sift things out of you. He know how to bring things to you. And everything the devil told you, it's nothing but a lie. The devil is nothing but a liar. But you did say maybe everybody haven't been on drugs. Everybody haven't experienced that. I agree. Because the devil got so much for you out here in this world today. He comes at you in so many different kind of shapes, fashions, and forms. But I never will forget. I speak to a lot of people. A lot of people believe so many different kind of things in life. But this is what Jesus said. You shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. If if, if when you find the truth, stay with the truth. Uh, and then we'll get our reading in the book of Acts. And I'm going to probably teach on this tomorrow because it's so true. In the book of Acts chapter 11 and 17. The Bible said they were no more noble than Thessalonians. They received the word with all readiness. And they went back and searched the scriptures to see if what was being said was true. You got to search through that Bible. Every question there's an answer in the Bible. I don't care how long the Bible was written, how many years ago, there's an answer to every question in the Bible. Now, whatever your problem is, whatever you were doing, God got an answer for you. And that answer is in the word of God. But my thing is this, it don't matter what you've done. It don't matter what you're in, into right now. Jesus is the answer. He can take nothing and make something out of it. I know we'll forget. I don't know how much time we got. We got a little bit more. So there's a couple more questions I kind of want to ask you. All right, go ahead. Um, so we're going to fast forward a little bit um, from, obviously, you 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 got out of jail. <laughs> we know that. Yes. Um, and so we're going to fast forward to you becoming a pastor. So uh, tell us about the church. Tell us about... Tell us about the church. Okay. God told me to 
come to Kingston, Georgia. I was in a church comfortable for a good 10 years. And God told me one, one, one day, he said, I want you to leave the church. I didn't leave. I didn't move. I didn't go because I was comfortable. The second time he told me, he said, if you don't leave this church, you won't get what I got for you. I left and I went home and I told my wife, I said, baby, God told me to leave the church. She didn't say nothing. She she was in the kitchen cooking. And then <laughs> God came to him and told me, he said, I want you to go to Kingston. And I went and told my wife, I said, come on, baby, we got to go to Kingston. And she told me, she said, what are we going to Kingston for? We don't know nobody in Kingston. I said, baby, God said, I got to go to Kingston. She got in the car and we left. We lived in Rome, Georgia. And when she got in the car, she was fussing. <laughs> we, she fussed all the way from Rome to Kingston. I mean, she was laying it down. I'm just trying to drive and hear God speak to me. When I got to Kingston, she still was talking about where we going and all these things. I didn't know where we were going because God never told me. But I went to where the Spirit of God led me. Get that picture up there. Oh, they can't see it no, no. more. Yeah, yeah. We... Anyway, yeah. <laughs> when when we got to where God sent me to this little old rundown building, looked like it was about to fall over. God told me this was going to be the church. I don't tell nobody this is not my church. I don't care what preachers say is his church. It's not his church. This is God's church. God built this church for us. And when I he called me to preach. Let me bring this in right quick. I told God, I said, Lord, you calling me to preach? I said, I don't know nothing. I said, I'm dumb as a stick of stone wood. I said, Lord, first of all, I didn't go no further than the sixth grade. How in the world can I be a preacher and I don't know your word? I don't know nothing. And all of a sudden, I said, you got men and women that's educated. They got degrees. I said, Lord, you them. They qualified. And God told me, he said, son, I don't call the ones disqualified, but I qualify the ones I call. He said, now, you go preach my gospel. And I said, eh. <laughs> I done got to crying. I was looking ugly. And, and God said, you go, son, and I'll go with you. And when you open your mouth, I'll speak for you. I haven't wrote a sermon. I've been preaching over 35 years. I've never written down a sermon because I don't know how. Second of all, he said, you go and I'll go with you. And when you open your mouth, I'll speak for you. If God is going to speak for me, why should I write a sermon down? Why should I try to be like everybody else? When if God going to speak for me, I'll let him use me. And he speaks through me. Been preaching over 35 years. Never wrote a sermon. Don't know how. But if God been speaking for me, all these years. So I thank God for not throwing me away. I thank God for how he has kept me and brought me. And God built this little church right here in Kingston. So I have somewhere to preach. Because when a pastor years ago heard me preach, he told me this. He said, son, if you're going to preach what you're preaching, you need to build your own church. Because these pastors is not going to let you come in and preach what you're preaching in what they call their church. And God built this church for me. I'm right here in Kingston. 
115 East Howard Street, Kingston, Georgia. You'll find me there. We've been here 18 years. We have. One of, Go ahead. One of my favorite parts of the story, I'm going to give you a little snippet um, of Set Free is, well, like, like Grant, Pastor said, that they came to this building. Floors were like non-existent in the bathrooms. Toilets were on the floor. Roof was coming in. Leaks everywhere. Story. Honestly, it reminds me of how when we come to Jesus, we all come. We come as we come as we are. We come in shabbles. We come. We come broken. And so, oftentimes, people feel like they have to dress themselves up to come to church, or they have to dress themselves up to come to Jesus. But no, that's not the case. Jesus already knows who we are, knows where we are. He knows what we're going through. He knows who, who we are. But the big story about Set Free is the church is built on a solid foundation. The church motto is a real church for real people with real, with a real word and real situations. I know I always say it backwards, but anyway, um, like we, we, we here, we're human. We're a little small town church and like everybody knows everybody. But when you look at this place, it doesn't look like what it's been through. And oftentimes, once we have that redemptive story, we come in that encounter with Jesus. We don't look like what we've been through. Hey, glory. And so as we close out, I want to say thank you for just coming and telling your story. But before we leave, I want you to tell the people one thing that one word of advice or one thing you've learned on this journey that you want to share with them. If you can leave them with one thing, what would it be? No matter what you're going through, no matter what you've been through, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. If it's sickness, if you ain't got no money, this too shall pass. God will always be God in your life if you would allow him to do what he wants to do in your life. Stop trying to fix things. Stop trying to fix people. You can't even fix yourself. I couldn't fix myself. But when you let go and cast all your cares on him, God can't lie to us. And his word will not go out and come back void. So every one of you, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, just remember, this too shall pass. God bless you. All righty, y'all. Thank y'all so much for being here. And we'll definitely have them back again because there's more to the story that we didn't get to tell. But I am so grateful for each of you all. Thank you all for the community that you all have given me. And I pray that these episodes, you can see the rawness. You can see the realness. Um, we're just ordinary people who love Jesus and want to use our lives for his for his ultimately for his glory and for his, his kingdom. And so, so grateful for each of you. I hope that this blesses your week and I look forward to seeing you all next week. And as always, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, feel free to reach out to the email at this too shall pass podcast 23 at gmail.com. Um, also, if you would like to hear more of the story or you are 
interested in Set Free, we have a Facebook. Um, we also have an Instagram. And so the Instagram is set underscore free underscore ministries. And then the Facebook is set free ministries. And that'll also be posted in the show notes. And so uh, feel free to check us out. And if you're in Georgia ever and you want to come and stop in the place, the address is 115 East Howard Street in Kingston, Georgia. We would love to have you. And you are more than welcome to come in, take a seat and enjoy what the Lord is doing through through each of us. And yeah, I hope y'all have a blessed week and see y'all next week. Bye.